You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Massive Monday. That was so fun doing the AL trade possibilities. Now we get to dive into each NL team and we're going to do it. This is the Just Baseball Show. It is Monday, July 26th. I'm Jack McMullen. He's Peter (laughs) Apple and Arm Layton and we're ready to roll. Ready to roll. Can we start by talking about one of the greatest seasons that's never been told? Yeah, let's do it. The year is 1884. (laughs) Old Haas Radborn is on the mound, standing five foot nine, 168 pounds. This is a story of Herculean strength. This is a this is a season that I honestly couldn't fathom when I looked at the baseball reference page. His career record is 310 and 194. He has a 2.68 ERA and a 1.15 whip for his career. Really underrated pitcher in the 1880s to 1890s oh, yeah. when they were sitting 75 miles an hour. But in 1884, Old Haas won 60 games. <laughs> he went 60 and 12. He threw 73 complete games. In those innings, he had a 1.38 ERA in 678 innings. <laughs> the FIP, the FIP looks pretty good too. <laughs> FIP was solid. <laughs> the Vets numbers look great. <laughs> The Imagine that dude great with spider tack. Imagine him with spider tack. The amount of, he must have just had a. Bro, they probably they probably use some crazy. Oh, they probably use everything, everything they, under the sun. Yeah, eighteen eighty four. Do you know who the president of the United States was? Not even a little bit. No clue. No clue. Lyndon B. Johnson. Sounds <laughs> no. That was in the nineteen like Chester. Right? <laughs> Chester Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. That's one of those you don't presidents even know that, who that is. nobody. Jack, do you know who that is? Yes, I, I've heard the name. He's a president <laughs> of the United States. Like, there's only been 46 of them. I've never heard of Chester A. Arthur. You know, you think that there might have been some sick, some sticky stuff going on. My thought is, I could see Old Haas saying, I've got a bucket of water in the dugout that I dunked the ball in so it's heavier, so guys can't hit it that far. Like, that's the type of guy I think Old Haas is. That was the new spin rate, like the heavy fastball with a lot of spin. It was just, no, this ball is legit watered down. Like, it's hard to get off the bat. It's just like a sock that got hardened up. They just throw that. that, I really want to know, like, the live and dead ball era. I would love 
a, a sports science on just how that ball would come off the bat now. Like Vladdy Guerrero Jr. hitting the dead ball that they used to use. Like how far does that thing go? I'm John Brinkus. <laughs> My thing was always, obviously it's hard to compare eras because these guys were not throwing as hard. I wonder how fast they were actually throwing because I feel like the ranges of what people make up, I just said 75 miles an hour. They could have been throwing 85. I actually have no idea. Well, the, you have the funniest, any idea? The funniest thing ever is that Bob Feller, like their big promotional thing was where Bob Feller uh, basically threw a fastball and they raced it alongside a motorcycle. <laughs> and this was like a big promo. And it was like, Bob Feller tries to throw faster than a motorcycle. And if you don't believe me, you can Google it. And there's a video of it and they have it like Did in slow win? motion. And yeah. So, so to be able to know when the motorcyclist crossed them, they put like paper and the motorcyclist went through the paper or the ball would go through the paper first and whatever broke the paper, they'd know. Cause they'd roll back. I guess they had replay back then and the ball just beat the paper, but they had to time it up. The motorcycle came from like a hundred yards away and then he timed it and threw it right as the motorcycle passed him and he threw it faster than the motorcycle. And that was how fast was the motorcycle going 80, I think. 80 come on no maybe 90 i don't know but it was supposed to be impressive because bob it, feller didn't pitch that long ago and if he was only throwing 80 it's pretty long wasn't time satchel ago. page throwing in the mid 90s or something it might have been faster than 80 i don't know what the speed of the motorcycle was but it was like supposed to be cool i don't really think it was are you guys in the boat where if jack if they dropped you off in 1910s baseball could you have been like a really good player? Are you in that? Are you in the belief that you could have been, or are you thinking they were still professional athletes? Like your talent level right now? Yeah, I'm. I'm shitting on baseball in 1910. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jack's carving up. You should have seen him. Club baseball was probably a higher level, I think, than what it was. Syracuse club baseball. Ugh. I just don't want to disrespect that. You know, well, see a guy like Ty Cobb and like Honus Wagner, like they're going to eat my lunch, but I could be a 0. 0.0 war guy in 1905. I do think like you yeah. could never put on the show that old Haas is putting on in 1884. No, no, never 60 and 12. He threw 70, 678 innings. Yeah. I think that guy could be Oliver Perez right now. <laughs> One three eight ERA. That's so impressive. Man. That's incredibly impressive. Hall of Famer. Before we get to the National League, Aram, I want to play a game that I actually think might be beneficial for a lot of our listeners because I, myself and my dad, would collect cards. We would collect baseball cards growing up. I never really understood the resale value of baseball cards, but the collectibles market is huge. I know you're into it. And I've got a big, almost laundry basket type of card or type of uh, bucket of cards. I've got North of 3,000 cards in there, probably. And I, I plucked, I don't know, 15 to 20. And I want to play a rapid fire game. Could this be worth more than $5? Yes or <laughs> okay. no? Okay. Cool. This is graded or ungraded? Ungraded. I have no idea what that means. Like, you just okay. have to tell me. What does me that mean, Arm? Okay, so if it's like a PSA 10, it's going to be worth a ton. If it's not graded, which yours would not be graded because you just found it out of a bin, uh, then it's a different value. But we'll, we'll go ungraded. Well, ungraded. Ungraded. Yes. Okay. We're going to start with this one. It's Albert Pujols year four. Uh, just under. First pitch. Under. under. I love this. Let's keep yeah, it okay. one word. I want under or over $5. Uh, 2004 Kansas City Royals future stars Zach Cranky and Jimmy Gobble. Jimmy Gobble might ruin that one. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take push. Ooh, five dollars. That a different pile. Five dollars. 
Aram, you ever seen the movie Moneyball? Uh, a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it about 50 times. Uh, Chris Pratt. Otherwise, I was going to say, it better be Scott freaking Hatterberg. <laughs> it is. Uh, under. Doesn't that have, like, you know, movie value? Nothing. Yeah, no you'd think cares. so, but no nobody cares. cares. No, that's reasonable. Okay, this is Greg Maddox in, like, 96, and this looks different than my other cards. I'm uh, curious. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go over. So oh. I think that's $6. Okay. Cool. Okay. $6. How about this? 2004 American League home run leaders, Manny, Paul Canerico, and Big Poppy. That's not even a baseball card. That's kind of sick. It is kind of sick. I'm going to say over. Wow. I'll give you six bucks. Cool. Okay. Another cool look. I love how card. you're saying over, but you're saying over by a singular oh, dollar. Oh, yeah. By a singular dollar. <laughs> um, we should play over under six. So they'd all be less. <laughs> another cool one. Barry Larkin. Different design. Little Fleer action. That was a cool looking card. Definitely yeah. under, but it's sick. Definitely. <laughs> By the way, the people that are going to listen to this. Jack, you're not coming up, Clutch. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Josh Hamilton rookie card. Oh, we, we just talked about Hamilton on the on the podcast with Jeff. That actually is over. Cool. And really? It's a good condition. Well, how, how far over do you think? Maybe 10? That could be 10, 15 bucks. The 15? Jack. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, we're getting into the actual ones. Freddie Freeman, rookie card. Over. Shit, over. That, that's actually good. That's a good card. How much, how much do you think this could be? Top. That could be like that could be like 30, 40 bucks. Wow. Let's go. Dude. And wait, should he hold or sell? Hold that. Freeman's gonna be a Hall of Famer. I'll hold it. Okay. Um, speaking of possible Hall of Famers, how about this? Araldus Chapman rookie card. That's actually sick in the Hall too. of Fame. No. But you don't think he does? I like. He has to keep going for a few more years, yeah. especially when you have the controversy around you. And I don't, I don't think the media is going to love him. It's going to be close. It's going to be interesting. But that is over five bucks too. You're kind of killing it. This is over five bucks. Okay, how about how about how about this one? Steven Strasburg rookie card. Oh my gosh, uh, uh, over over five, but like God, not much. That guy needs to stay healthy. Okay, how about this? Uh, Joe Kim Noah rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Noah Way in that picture. Ponytail. <laughs> yeah, he looks good, man. Straight out of Lawrenceville Prep in the Gators. Yeah, and it's one of the most legendary free throw shooters yeah. ever. Just tornado didn't spin the free ball. throws. And then last one, I think this is probably this has to be something big. This is a sleeve of nine Roger Clemens cards. Oh yeah, no, no, that bottom right one. If it's in perfect condition or at least close to it. That could be uh, worth 50, 60. If it's worth uh, a 10 out of 10, it could be worth like over 100 bucks. Wow. Jack, during this podcast, you made like $150. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's go. I'm yeah. super excited. Um, that's actually more than we make on any podcast. Oh, yeah. Wait, <laughs> right now until someone sponsors us. <laughs> right now, yeah. <clears throat> uh, who, wants, who wants to pitch a sponsor before we get into the trades? We could talk more about my juices, but I feel like we've done too much of that already. Yeah. No more juices. Trades? Yeah. The first team in the NL East at the top of the division is the New York Mets at 52 and 44. I have them as buyers. They got to get a bat. Maybe Chris Bryant. Maybe Josh Donaldson. And they need a relief pitcher. I mean, that bullpen has blown a ton of games. They have a lot of depth in there, but it's not that great. I mean, you look at Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo. Um, it's just, it's not that strong. Jerry's familiar. Like these guys, they're good, not great. And when you get into the postseason, you need to close the door after the Jacob DeGroms and hopefully when Carlos Carrasco 
Taiwan Walker, Marcus Stroman, when they all come back, you need a bullpen guy. Arm, tell me about their system since they're probably going to be buying and who might they trade for Chris Bryant or possibly a Josh Donaldson? Yeah, the Mets have actually had some guys perform this year. Obviously, you're going to make Francisco Alvarez untouchable. You're not going to allow even Brett Beatty. I'm not trading Brett Beatty unless I'm getting someone really special. Uh, But they've had guys like Mark Vientos put it together. And Vientos has a ton of power. I I think he's going to be a fringe top 100 guy for just baseball. But that's someone maybe you're okay with trading. JT Ginn, another guy with big upside, but high range of outcomes. You could be okay with trading somebody like that. They've got more than enough pieces to potentially trade. Uh, I, I like Pete Crow Armstrong. I wouldn't want to deal him. But if they really wanted to make a mega deal even, they could do it. Uh, I think the deal for them to make is to go get uh, Donaldson because Donaldson's expensive. Another two years of decent chunk of money on that deal. I don't think very many people are going to be lining up to, to go get him. And the prospect return will be cheap. And you know Steve Cohen doesn't really have uh, any limit to what he'll spend. Take advantage of that and pick up a guy for pretty cheap. Yep. Jack, what do you think? Uh, nice voice crack, first of all. Did it crack? I feel like uh, it was more, you know when you kind of have a bubble in the back of your throat? Yeah, sort of? yeah. I think that was what it was. Got you. Second of all, <laughs> Josh Donaldson, I think is the right move for them. I don't think that they have the pieces to go get Chris Bryant if they want to have a farm system that exists. After What would it take for Chris Bryant? You think Bryant? a rental? You think a rental Chris Bryant's that expensive? Why would it be any more than what Nelson Cruz was? I think a rental Chris Bryant with his defensive versatility. Nelson Cruz doesn't play defense. Think about yeah, it's that. fine. So Chris Bryant with his defensive versatility of him being above average in either corner outfield spot. You can put him at first. If Pete Alonso needs a day off. You can even throw him in center. You can throw him in center if you want to. You could probably throw yeah, him in short. If, if you hate <laughs> defense, yeah. If you hate so, defense. So, Arm, what would a trade for Chris Bryant take from the Mets, you think? See, I, I, think, I think Jack has a pretty – good point there but i don't think you're you can attain somebody like chris bryant without giving up francisco alvarez i agree i don't think it'd be that Ryan expensive Mauricio. where it would I think kill them something like jt again and mark vientos and and a third guy i think gets it done i mean vientos is a ton of upside absolutely demolishing the baseball jt again has the upside of a, of a frontline pitcher but again wide range of outcomes i think those two guys with a lottery ticket would, would get it done and i don't know if anybody would beat that Interesting. I think that they would need to give up either Beatty or Pete Crow Armstrong wow. to get a Bryant deal done. If if you want to make the centerpiece a prospect, it has to be Beatty or Pete Crow Armstrong. If I'm the Mets, I, I like the Donaldson play. Um, if Chris Bryant is too expensive, I think you could make a big deal and get Josh Donaldson and Taylor Rogers from the <laughs> Twins in a big package, or you you shelve out for Chris Bryant and a Tapura or a Chafin and make a big deal like that. Cause I think that answers both of their questions. So let's move on to the second place Phillies who are 49 and 49. Currently I have them also as buyers. I think what they need is a relief pitcher and they need to improve on defense. Um, They have, they could use an outfielder for sure. My thought goes straight to Starling Marte, but trading within the division and we've named all the relievers. I mean, again, another name that comes to my mind is Yumi Garcia, who I wish the Phillies wish that the Marlins weren't in their division because I think they'd want a lot of their guys. Arm, who do you think that the Phillies, if they were to buy, who are some of their good prospects that they might send away? 
Yeah, loaded question because there's not very many. But exactly. the thing the thing with the Phillies is, and with right now their situation is, Dave Dombrowski is always a buyer. He's always a buyer. So always, they're he's going to trade whatever they have. I don't think anybody's off limits. What I will say is their most valuable asset is Bryson Stott, shortstop, UNLV guy, just rakes, well rounded. I think he's pretty close to being a big leaguer. They'd and be nuts to all-star. trade him. They they'd be nuts to trade him because they need a shortstop. You could go Mick Abel, but that's like their only viable pitching prospect. I would say the guy that they're most likely to, to probably trade that would have some interest is maybe a Casey Martin who fell to them in last year's draft, not hitting that great this year, but one of the best athletes in the minor leagues. And I could see a team being interested in him, but, but with something like this, I don't really see how they're able to get anything really massive unless they trade from the big league team or they give up one of Abel or Stott. So I know Dombrowski does what he does, but they'd be out of their minds to trade Bryson Stott. I agree. I think Bryson Stott's an all-star. I absolutely think that Bryson Stott's a future all-star. Just seeing him play, seeing the way that he operates is phenomenal. He's a big leaguer. Does Mickey Moniak have any value? No. That sucks. That sucks. Because he was the number one pick. That's why you don't underslot the number one overall pick. Like I know Henry Davis was kind of that, but it was different. I, I saw, I remember in that draft. Some people had Moniac is like 12th on their big board. Yeah. So you have the number one overall pick. Don't overthink it. Take the best player and, and run. Uh, that, that one was, was a head scratcher. Moniac doesn't really have a single tool. He's not hitting that well. I don't, I don't really see it happening for him. Like he's, he's all right right now in AAA. He's having the best stretch that he's had. And that's a 311 on base. So I don't think there's going to be very many teams interested in him. I don't know how they, again, do anything unless you trade from the guys you just drafted or you trade from, you know, Casey Martin, Stott, or Abel. So, Jack, who do you think the Phillies might want? I think they hold for the most. I agree. I think they might hold a little bit too. I think they'll they'll go. Really? What do they buy? Because I think they go and get a relief arm for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I think you yeah, I think one they, or two. They go get relievers for sure. I think they get one or two. Um, they might. I could see them going corner infield too. I, just Bohm's been inconsistent. Hoskins is is a bit of a platoon guy that I think they can move around a little bit. They're, they're, I don't know. I I just can see them being creative, adding another bat, adding some relievers. But that bullpen's atrocious. It, it's historically bad. So we know they're going to address it, but but how aggressively are they going to address it is going to be the interesting thing. That's, that's fascinating that you say they got they got to go get a corner infielder because I was actually thinking if they need one thing, it's not corner infield. I think that'd be the strength, but Bohm really hasn't performed. I don't believe in Bohm at all right now, and, and he was one of my favorite prospects. I just think you need depth there because I, I just don't have confidence in being able to lean on Bohm down the stretch here health-wise and performance-wise, and I think you need to be able to try to find ways to, to shuffle around this infield find some platoon options and, and go from there. A guy that can maybe play infield and outfield makes a lot of sense to me. And there are plenty of reliever arms. They can go get Kendall Graveman of the Mariners, Paul Fry of the Orioles. Like I said, Taylor Rogers. I mean, there's just Michael Fulmer of the Tigers, Ian Kennedy. Like there's just so many guys that you can go get. So I think the Phillies could actually have a successful trade deadline without spending a ton and just upgrade on that bullpen. Cause that's their biggest need right now, in my opinion. Moving on to the third place, Atlanta Braves, 48 and 50 in third place in the NL East. I also have them as buyers, and I think because they're already buying. They already bought Jock Peterson to fill in for the horrible Ronald Acuna injury where he tore his ACL. They have a lot of needs, though. 
I still think they need to add more to the outfield. I still think they need a starting pitcher. And the bullpen hasn't been great either since losing Mark Melanson. They need a lot. And I they've operated as buyers. So, Aram, if I'm not mistaken, the farm system isn't great with them either. Yeah, it's got some top-end talent in terms of what's valued, but it's not a great system. You can still get somebody pretty good for Christian Pache because – there seems to be still a group think that, that he is a prospect that is a top 20 type of player. I don't see it. Of course, gold glove caliber defender, a guy can't hit. You've been uh, so out on him. You can get something for him, no doubt. Uh, Drew Waters, another guy you can get something for. Langliers or William Contreras. And Braden Shoemaker's been pretty good. But th- those are pretty much the only guys that I think people are really lining up for. Also, Michael Harris, of course. How can I forget? Yes. I love Michael Harris. But I'm probably making that guy pretty close to untouchable, frankly. So... If I want to hold on to Michael Harris, who's 20 years old and raking in high A, there's not very many other guys I think people are going to be that interested in. And Langliers is probably going to start a catcher for them next year. So I'm looking at Pache and Waters. I think you have to trade one of those two guys. But I also see the Braves being kind of cautious buyers. Jock Peterson was almost this cheap Band-Aid that they could just go get and say, hey, we're still trying. Uh, You give up Bryce Ball, not very exciting prospect there. And you get to bring in somebody that has some name recognition. And you can say, okay, I know Acuna's out, but we're trying. Uh, That's what that move kind of said to me. I I think the only way they really make a move is if it makes sense for the next two years, not just this year. Yeah. What do you think, Jack? (laughs) I thought you were going to add, you know, add some stuff about the Braves. Um. I, I agree with Aram that the only guy that shouldn't be untouchable is Michael Harris in that system. And I do like the catching depth that they have there with Langliers coming. And then I'm a big fan of William Contreras. I'm a big fan of William Contreras. I don't Aram's just know. shaking his head. <laughs> it's just because he's affiliated with a Chicago guy. No, no, no. What, what's his problem? He can't catch. I think he can kind of catch. No, I mean, he, he's capable of squatting behind the dish, but uh, he's not a good defensive catcher at all. Uh, he can hit, though, for sure. I think he can learn that. I don't know. I think it could be good. But I'm a big fan of Braden Shoemaker, too. Guy hits. He just flat out hit when he was at A&M, which was, which was fun to watch. I don't know what they go and get. I have no idea because they, they say they're buyers, yet they buy Jock Peterson, and like that's not really a buy. I think they just kind of call this a wash and then they come back with a healthy roster in 2022 and they give it hell. It's been a season from hell for them. So I think that's probably the move or you get somebody that makes sense next year too. Uh, But with the way the pitching's falling apart injury wise, although Tuki Toussaint has come in and shoved his last two outings. That might might inspire them a little bit. Six, seven, two fifties, a big boy. Yeah. Huge. Moving on to the fourth place Washington Nationals arm. We are unfortunately not at your Marlins yet. They are 45 and 53. And I have them as I have no idea personally. (laughs) Buyers holding, selling, they should sell. But the Nationals, I mean, Arm and I were talking about this. You look back at the year where they were Bryce Harper's last year. They weren't very good and they still didn't sell. The Nationals really believe in themselves, but they're 43 and... What are they? Another 45 and 53. They could use a third baseman. They could use a starting pitcher. They could use a relief pitcher, but they could also sell Max Scherzer. But I don't see it happening. Somebody give me a read on what the hell they're going to do. I think they'd be out of their minds to not trade Max Scherzer. He's going to be a free agent after this year. 
He's a Scott Boris client. It's going to be the last contract that he gets in this offseason. You're not going to pay him probably. So go get what you can get. I think there's teams that will be willing to give up quite a bit, even for three months of Max Scherzer. You look at a Blue Jays team, maybe that can get you a Jordan Groshans. If you can pick up a Jordan Groshans with the struggles of Carter Keboom, who they just called up, but he's just not been the guy that people thought he would be. I think you got to go do it. If you even get somebody close to that, even if you're trading with the Mets, let's say, theoretically, and you've got a Mark Vientos, in my opinion, that's worth it. If you're getting a projectable infielder, do it. Because what are you going to gain from having Scherzer for three months and then losing him in free agency? To me, that's nuts. Apparently, the reports are that the Nats are willing to listen on just about everyone, not named Juan Soto, but I think they'd be out of their minds to not tra- or to trade Trey Turner. I mean, oh, Trey yeah. Turner, Juan Do Soto, you put around him. those two. But I'm down to trade everybody else. I, I don't think that's the worst idea ever. I think Victor Robles has capital. I, I think that there is a little bit of fanfare attached to his name, and I think that he can get some guys in return for him if they do. Whatever's left, get it. Whatever's left, go and get it. I know they just got him, but I wonder if they would trade Kyle Schwarber. Why not, right? He's on a one year, isn't he? Yeah. I think so. Why wouldn't yeah, you? There's no reason to keep him. I mean, I, he's I mean, he's hurt right now. He's hit a bunch of home runs. I mean, he could be a great addition for a lot of American League teams who need that impact back. Maybe the guys who missed out on Nelson Cruz, maybe you don't get Joey Gallo. Kyle Schwarber could be a good replacement. How about yeah, the Yankees? They, they haven't given a timeline yet, but you yeah. figure it'll be back before the end of the season. Kyle Schwarber has been that player that the Yankees should have gotten or almost got six different times. And they'll just never get him. Or they'll get him when he's 36 yeah. and give him a four-year deal. He'd be your best defensive catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Higashioka's good. Don't, don't. Yeah. Rob Brantley? Rob Brantley. Brantley. Legend. He Absolute is legend. 130, I think. But good defender. Good framer. Yeah. The, I, love the ball well. I love it when people say that, when a catcher can't hit. Back he receives the ball well. He, he, he like calls, your calls a great game. Calls a great like your game. Jake Marisnik. Comp, yes. any good defensive fast outfielder is just Jake who can't hit they're, is just Jake Marisnik. They're all the Jake. Cups. Yeah. Pache is Jake Marisnik. <laughs> um, if they are sellers, I think you get rid of everybody except Trey Turner and Juan Soto. If yep. they are buyers, they only have two people that should be untouchable and it's their top two prospects. Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge. Other than that, that's not a good system at you all. You think Rutledge is even untouchable like that? Obviously, yeah. Cavalli is. Yeah, you'd Rutledge be, is that you'd be good selling too. so low on on Rutledge, but he has been so bad, like so bad. It's it's been nuts to see. Moving on to the fifth place, Miami Marlins. Aram, your team is ultimately going to have a fire sale. Names that come to my mind: Yimi Garcia. We've talked about him, the reliever for Miami. Starling Marte, the center fielder. You told me Jesus Aguilar is most likely not going to get traded. Give us the lowdown on the Marlins. Yeah, it seems like Aguilar, I mean, maybe they'll get overwhelmed by an offer. They're going to listen on everybody. It seems like Aguilar is unlikely because he has control next year. And uh, their first baseman prospect, Leywin Diaz, has not been that great. So I think <laughs> they might keep him. To, as every offensive prospect for the Marlins is not great. Uh, but the Marlins are in a weird Lewis spot. Lewis Brinson hit a home run today. He hit a three-run Tank. shot today. Yeah, I'm already seeing people like Lewis Brinson hitting 385, five for 13. Was since lefty, getting called up like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> But anyways, the, the, the thing with the Marlins is they're going to sell, but they're also going to buy, which is going to be interesting. Like the reports are, and from what I've heard, is that 
they are going to sell the guys that aren't part of the future, but they're willing to package prospects with those guys. If it gets them a Joey Bart or if it gets them some other pieces that might slot in some close to big league ready prospects, but they're also willing to do a three team deal. And if it helps them get more prospects in maybe going and getting, they've even said Cedric Mullins, Byron Buxton, like it's very unlikely, but they're going to try, they're going to call. And you know what? It depends what the Marlins want to pay, but they have the prospect capital to get a Cedric Mullins if the Orioles are listening or to get a Byron Buxton if if the Twins are listening. I wouldn't want either of those guys for the prospect capital just because they both have their own issues. Buxton, somebody that hasn't played over 100 games more than once. And Mullins, I believe in him 100%, but at the end of the day, you'd be paying a lot for a guy that really only had one good year. Give uh, me a mock trade for Mullins. Oh, gosh. I, I think it would look pretty bad because I think the Orioles don't have to trade him. So I would say it's probably going to be starting with Max Meyer and Herrera Encarnacion and, and another piece. And what I think if they ask for Edward Cabrera? Hell no. No? So who's untouchable? For me, the only guys that are untouchable are Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers, and Eddie Cabrera. Everybody else can go. Eddie and Cabrera Griffin really and good in the show. <laughs> and Griffin Conine's untouchable. <laughs> So you'd trade Pablo Lopez for the right price. Yeah, only because of this. I love Pablo Lopez. He's the nicest guy. You trade Jazz Chisel. Mm, that's probably the mm. other guy that's untouchable. Yeah. But the the problem with Pablo, it's his third shoulder injury. Uh they've all been managed, but it's been his third shoulder strain. Like that's a little bit concerning. Uh shoulder stuff's ugly. He's got a really good change up. Moving on to the NL Central. The Milwaukee Brewers are in first place. And Jack, you said it's possible that they might win the World Series earlier in our group chat. I have them as obvious buyers. And I think they are an impact bat away from being that kind of contender. I think that's the move they need to make. I think right now the offense, I wouldn't call them a World Series contender with that offense. But I think if they were to add a big time bat like a Joey Gallo or someone like that, you slot them into that kind of category because with the pitching with Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and then the bullpen with Devin Williams. <laughs> I, love and Peralta. And, I love that you said dude, Freddie Peralta. I love that you said Freddie Peralta We love the Brewers over but here. Before Burns, team. before Burns and Woodruff, you said Freddie Peralta. Because he's the number one. <laughs> I think I might, I might start the next podcast with uh, welcome to the Freddie Peralta truth or show. Oh, the Freddie Peralta show. <laughs> this is a, a couple of weird guys talking about him for an hour. <laughs> Freddie Peralta Fridays, I'm down. You know, hmm. Hmm. my thought on them is they need a first baseman. They need that power bat in the middle of the order. Everything else is really good. And then I start thinking like what first baseman makes a lot of sense for them. I don't know if they have the, they do not have a good system. I don't know if they have the prospects for a Trey Mancini even. They definitely don't have the prospects for Gallo. I'm what about th- Luke Foyt? Hmm. I'm no. thinking CJ Crone. That's where my mind goes. That's a good one. Rockies. That's a good one. Is he that much better than Rowdy Tellez? Yeah. Is yeah. He? I think Rowdy so. Tellez did just hit two home runs. If <laughs> good that matters. For him. Good for Rowdy Tellez. Good for, him, for Rowdy Tellez. But I, I think they have to go corner infield. I totally agree. Jesus Brad Aguilar. The pond too. If Aguilar was available, that's somebody I think they should be looking at. Uh, yeah. he, he had a phenomenal year there because he's not a big exit guy, but he drives the ball gap to gap, smaller stadium. He'll thrive there, leading the NL and RBIs, which is crazy. Uh, I think you got to look at a corner. Carlos infielder. Santana? You'll be able to get one of those guys. Yeah, Carlos Santana might make some sense. Even 
somebody like a Garrett Cooper, if we're going to go back to the Marlins, but I, I would look at some other teams. You can pretty much call on so many first basemen. And I think eventually you'll be able to find one. How about an Anthony Rizzo? Do the Cubs care that they're trading in the division for a they rental? Won't trade the Brewers. Yes. yes yeah. Why would they care? The I Marlins traded care. JT Real Muto to the, to the Phillies. If I was a GM, I would care. I would not want to trade within my division, especially if I'm trading away like an impact player. First, your season's over. Why do you care what the Brewers do this year? Because he, you're going to face him all the time. I, I don't know. It's for, for the season. That's it's a personal Fire thing. I just, contract. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I, I, I think Jack's in the same boat. Like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't you're, trade within the division, especially ter- impact. even if the Brewers gave you the, the best offer. Now it's got to be a good offer. Like that's, it's the- got, yeah, exactly. If it's incrementally better, I think you're, you're out of your mind. Not oh, to yeah. take it. No, like, no, no. It could be this much. What I, what I think I do with interdivision trades is I up the return by a notch. I think it has to be a notch better than yeah, if you were out of the division. Yeah. And you I think they it. would overpay? I don't think they would. I don't think they would. Either. I, 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 I would. I personally yeah, would. Exactly. I would too. I mean, if I could get Anthony Rizzo and put him in that lineup, that veteran presence. Yeah. I mean, that'd be fantastic. I the think only get- Aguilar would be a perfect fit. Perfect. Him maybe fourth. And then Yelich, the righty lefty. I, I think that'd be a great fit there. I mean, he's 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 a he's a run producer. He drives and, and the- runs like not a lot of people do. Nobody else. Nobody. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody in the NL right now. And the thing about the Brewers is they're actually a good matchup for the Marlins who really need a catcher. And they're looking for a prospect that's going to be big league ready soon. Mario Feliciano will be big league ready by next year. Uh, that would match up well with the Marlins and they'd be interested in somebody like that. If I'm the Brewers, everybody's available besides Garrett Mitchell. Uh, Hedbert Perez is somebody nobody knows, but he's 18 and has a ton of upside. That's a guy with the top 100 ceiling. Maybe that's the one guy I might be withholding, but he's probably someone that's going to be valued highly. Those are the only guys that I think can get you something really special and I'm not trading Mitchell. So it'll be tough for them to, to really make an impact. That's why I think you go to first base and, and you solve your issue at least a little bit. Moving on to the second place Cincinnati Reds, a team that we're very surprised with and very happy with because they're so much fun to watch. I have them as buyers. I mean, you got to buy. I think what they need is a shortstop. I'm looking at you, Trevor Story, not saying exactly that the Reds will get Trevor Story, but they got to add a shortstop. And I think they need to add to the back end of that bullpen. Amir Garrett is dealing with some injuries right now as well. And the bullpen has been one of the weakest spots since Rossell Iglesias left to go to the Angels Arm, the Reds, they're going to buy. Who could they deal from that farm system? You can't trade Lodolo. No. And you can't trade Hunter Green. Nope. And you Hunter can't Green, trade. You see can't trade last outing. Yeah, he throws fast. He and then, looked really good. Really yeah, good. He He's looking a lot better. But then you can't trade. Uh, it's really tough because I, even Barrero, the, their shortstop prospect. He looked good. We saw him in the Futures game. He looked kind of nasty. That's another guy that they can't really afford to deal. They need a shortstop. They need a shortstop. So it's really tough for them. And Nick Cassianos is going to opt out after this year too. So you're in a weird, precarious spot. Do you sacrifice the future because you're five and a half games out of the wild card? I could see the Brewers or the Reds, excuse me, holding. I really think that they might inquire, say, oh, we tried go get one reliever and, and that's about it. I don't see them trading from any of those prospects. I think they're too important. Yeah. They're going to go get a bullpen arm. I don't think there's anybody that they want to shelve out from this system right now, because you look at the top five, Austin Hendrick. No, like 
it's way too soon to think about dealing Austin Hendrick. I just watched Michael Ciani for a week. I'm a big fan of Michael Ciani. I know that he's struggling to hit right now. He's like 215, but dude hits liners. He's fast as hell, and he's the Crazy best defensive athlete. center fielder. He's the best. So I, there are a lot of guys in that system that would be worth something that I don't think they're willing to deal off. So I agree with you, Aram. I think they're, they're just going to hold. And they're also going to get back TJ Antone and Lucas Sims as well. So they're kind of adding from their IL back another team. I could see them holding. I think that's realistic. I just think that if they were to make a splash for a Trevor story with Luis Castillo dominating over his last 10 starts, I think I saw he's at a 1.56 ERA and you have Sonny Gray who's pitching well, like that's a team. That's a team. If you really add a star, then you have Trevor Story, Winker, Castellanos. I mean, Jonathan India has been fantastic this year. The Reds, I think, as well, are one. I mean, they're like a superstar away. They're not just a piece away. They're a superstar away. And I think you maybe look at the National League landscape. Like, are they better than the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants, the Brewers, the Mets? Probably not, even if they add a superstar. But do you think if they – last question before we move on to third. Do you think if they added Trevor Story – where does that put them in the playoff contention realm? You're both shaking your head, basically just being like, they're just not getting him so we can move on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to do it, but hypothetically you get story and call up Lodolo, who I think is big league ready. I'm intrigued. Like I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's a real team. There are threats to get to the NLCS. I was just looking at the roster. And I'm like, they are just one big, big, big piece yeah. away from really being a major contender, in my opinion. But the only way you're getting stories if you're giving up Hendrick or Barrero, or and that's just a really tough pill to swallow. It's also Trevor's story, though. Three months. Like it's Trevor freaking Three story. Three months of Trevor. But story. then you resign him and you make him your shortstop. The Reds, Reds aren't don't. paying Trevor's story. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes I'm too hopeful for these teams. All right, moving on to the third place, St. Louis Cardinals. Big disappointment at 49 and 50, losing Jack Flaherty sucks and he's been out for a while with an oblique injury i i have them as holding slash buying i think they need a starting pitcher i think they need a shortstop i mean paul de young's fine but how many more years of paul de young are you working with and then i think they need a starting pitcher jack's just shaking his head what's up i i think this can actually be the quickest team we go over i don't think the cardinals do anything i just think they just nothing I think they hang out. Yep, I agree. I mean, there's we're not going to give Cardinals fans anything to hope for. We're not even there. Oh, you might sell. You might maybe reload on the farm system. Here's something something to get excited about. Get healthy. 2022 might kick ass. Yep. That's so depressing. If you're a Harrison Bader, get healthy. Next year will be fun. Harrison Bader's kind of swinging it. If Harrison Bader's figuring it out, that's gorgeous hair. Oh, luscious but he's also a crazy Shiny athlete the field he's, he's starting to swing it man I, the, you, here's the thing you're waiting on jack flaherty to come back you don't stand a chance until that guy comes back and yeah. he doesn't look like he's coming back too soon and the problem with that is you go get somebody and then flaherty has a setback or whatever you're like we just wasted our time i think it's just too risky right now they're gonna run it back next year and they're still a really good team the fourth place chicago cubs have been on an absolute roller coaster lately but now they sit in fourth place at 48 and 51. They're selling. Chris Bryant, out of here. Javi Baez, probably out of here. 
Anthony Rizzo, probably out of here. And Craig Kimbrell, probably out of here. Am I missing anyone? Is the fire sale going to be as big as we think? Or do you think maybe they get a little, you know, skeevy? It's like, wait, are we really trading Anthony Rizzo right now? Are we really trading everyone on our team? The answer is yes. I think <laughs> they actually hold on to one of them. I think Bias is the one that they hold on to. Because who's going to want Bias? Like, I, I don't think anyone's going to give them enough for what they think that he is worth. Agreed. The names that you're leaving out are the other bullpen guys, aside from Kimbrell, so Chafin and Tapera, and then a couple of starters, too. I think Zach Davies could be on the move again. Oh, Hendricks possibly as well. Uh, no. They, you don't think so? they hold on to Kyle Hendricks. That's their boy. That's their boy. I would trade Patrick Wisdom yesterday. But <laughs> I think there's no way that guy's real. Coach fans love Patrick Wisdom. And yeah, as they of course should. they do. Of course they do. And, and I'm really happy for him. And I hope it lasts forever. But I'm trading him and I'm not finding out if it lasts forever from the Cubs. Because I, that that's one that you try and sell high on. I doubt that happens. But you look at the rest of the team. Contreras is going to get you the biggest return, I think. You know, Right now, if you were to trade Contreras, he gets you the biggest return. Mm-hmm. You got to deal that guy. The catching position is so bad in Major League Baseball yeah. that teams will be willing to give up a ton. The Marlins, I think, are going to call on, on Contreras. Again, I'm not just saying that. Like That's something I've heard. And uh, the first offer, they went. They already have called. And the first offer that the Cubs wanted, or the, the, the haul that the Cubs wanted, was really steep. But now they, want? they wanted everybody from the Marlins system. No, <laughs> like, come oh, on. I, want, I want names. I want, I want names. names. I'll, I'll have to pull it up, man. I, I remember it, it looks not we as bad. Literally now. pause the podcast. So you could look it up. I want to know okay. what, I want to know what the price is for him. I'll pull up the message from Mish. We will discuss. <laughs> why, are, why are you unhappy? <laughs> You're like, damn it. I don't want to do this. Uh, well, I don't want to look pulls, up a trade package. Well, he pulls up that message. Let's do uh let's do four and five. So the Cubs, I, I think they deal everybody except Baez and Hendricks of the name that you brought up. I don't think they depart with Wilson Contreras, but we'll come back and talk about that Hall. Um, and I think they hold on to Javi Baez too, but I think Anthony Rizzo goes to the American league. Honestly, I think the Red Sox and the Yankees. Might I agree. Call I think it's going to be the Red Sox. I don't think it's going to be the Yankees. Cause I just, you know, they still have Luke Voigt. I think there's a lot of, cause you're not going to play Anthony Rizzo anywhere else. I mean, Anthony Rizzo can't move. So it's like when Luke Voigt comes back healthy and then you just have Stanton as your DH and you also, you rest Stanton and you play Gary and then Kyle Gashioka comes in to catch. So there's real, really no place for Rizzo, at least at the moment. I think the Red Sox are a perfect fit. Yeah. You put that type of personality in Boston, Red Sox fans are going to love him. Lefty can hit for some power, but is a real doubles guy. He's going to hit about 50 doubles off the green monster. And I think of Red Sox fans that saw that Anthony Rizzo is coming back, not coming back, but isn't he a Boston? No, yeah, he, he's was a, a, he was a Boston Red Sox farmhand. Right? He, farm he debuted yep. with San Diego, but he started in Boston. That's where yeah. he went his cancer treatment. Exactly. And I think they would love him. And I think he would love them too. And I think it'd be, it'd be a nice thing to give Rizzo, not to a team that's, developing and be a team that's first place and really going for it again because that dude deserves another chance to win you got- I have I, I have the hall ready I, this is this is it from the this was the miss report actually so it was it was Peyton Burdick who is probably one of their highest ceiling prospects Zach McCambly who has carved his way to double a already yeah. this year uh they also wanted either Kyle Nicholas Cameron Meisner and Jose Devers wow and Alfaro 
Wow. Well, that, that was going into this year, but that was going into this year. That's your starting catcher. That's a haul, dude. Like that would that like relax. Process. Relax. Damn. And the Marlins almost traded with uh, the White Sox for your mean Mercedes. That was another one that came out before Whoa. the year. Before the year, they were like super close. Huh. Interesting. Moving to the fifth place, Pittsburgh Pirates. They're crushing it this year. The 38 and 60. I like their lineup. It's not terrible. Adam Frazier is going to get traded. I think he should go to the Chicago White Sox. I think Richard Rodriguez is definitely going to get traded. And I can't even give you a team because I think every single team has probably checked in with the Pirates on Richard Rodriguez. I have been told, and Jack, we've talked about this a lot in the past, that the possibility of Brian Reynolds being traded. They shouldn't trade him, and I don't think they will trade him. We're hearing reports out of Pittsburgh that they're not going to. He's a 26-year-old, really talented outfielder with three-plus years of control. I think it's four. You don't trade a guy like that. That's a guy you build around, and the Pirates are building for the future. They're, I think they'll trade Frazier and Rich Rodriguez, and I think if anybody asks about Gregory Polanco, they'd trade him too. Anybody looks like, at Gregory Polanco. I don't know. I'm just I'm just naming guys who possibly could get a deal done for another team. Hey, but I, I saw you lock eyes with Gregory Polanco. Do you want him in a trade? <laughs> yeah. What are, what are, what do you think about him? He's lefty. <laughs> and, uh, when they call lefty. it, they call it. This is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Would you like Gregory Polanco? <laughs> but he's a guy that the Yankees would trade for, and he'd hit third and like do pretty well. <laughs> like out of like room. for like a month. So we just need a month. We'll just keep rotating. (laughs) Just need a good month out of you. Cameron Maben comes to mind. Hey, there are a bunch of arms with the pirates that Uh. are going to get dealt. (laughs) Like, what are they going to get the pirates? Chad cool. Mitch Keller. Will Crow. Brubaker. Like they might. Brubaker could get a prospect back. What? A is he in the prospect? Is he in the top 30? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I would. Yeah, I mean, Brubaker. Is he in the top 10 of a system? He's a good four for a playoff team. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's, not. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying so hard. I you just, know who actually I bad? I don't know. I, Tyler Anderson could get you something. More than Brubaker? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, really? I've actually been – Tyler Anderson to me is, is actually is for sure back end of the rotation lefty. So that's somebody, Ennings Eater, that could get you something. Chad Cool. I don't know if somebody <laughs> would be interested in Chad Cool and his 5-4 FIP, but the big returns coming from a Richard Rodriguez, a Chris Stratton, uh, even a David Bednar, but he's also young and controllable. Yep. Those are all guys that I think will have interest, but you're really just hoping to cash in. Maybe a, maybe a Jacob Stallings goes. Uh, I could yeah. see maybe trading him. Uh, I think you'd be nuts to keep anybody not named Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, to be honest. Hey, quick thing about David Bednar. Heard a wonderful story because Bednar used to be a Padres farmhand. Crazy. He's got this splitter that functions as a slider because it almost cuts and slides and dives out of the zone. Apparently in like bullpens and, and when he was coming up through the system, I, phenomenal. Like the best pitch in the Padres system when he was coming up. So Bednar like... If he has that pitch, that's an, an elite bullpen arm. Is it similar to the Kevin Copps, Arkansas, cutter, slider, Probably splitter, whatever that thing that is? Same thing. They drafted it. 
I love that. I love those random pitches that nobody can name because they're just so disgusting and held so weird and work so well. I, dude, that was that was when we just had uh, for the episode dropping tomorrow of Outside the Box with Jeff Conine. We just had Rob Nen on, and Rob Nen had some of the most outrageous seasons as a closer ever, like insane one five ERA, fourteen Ks per nine, and his slider was a pitch that just did the same thing. Just really, they thought it was a splitter. They used to mistake it for a splitter, and it was nicknamed the Terminator. Like that's so sick. Imagine if someone nicknamed your pitch the Terminator. Like, that's so that's cool. It doesn't even have a name. They just have to give it a nickname because it's it defies physics. Yeah, the Terminator, and it and it just takes people down. Moving on to the NL West, the San Francisco freaking Giants. Ghost. Stand up, San Francisco. 61 and 37. First place in the NL West. Screw the Dodgers. Screw the Padres. It's the Giants division right now. They're buying. I'm standing think, up right now. And I think I'm what they Giants. do is they go for a starting pitcher or a reliever arm. What are you thinking? Well, I had to get out of my chair first. You said stand up San Francisco. Stand up I'm, San Francisco. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking up right now because <laughs> I am a Giants fan. And I want, Jack's thank standing you, up Jack. in the corner. Thank you, Jack. He's standing up too. I'm a Giants fan. I want it to be known that I am a Giants fan. And Bandwagon? Now that that's out of the way, no. <laughs> Big I'm Warriors Giants. fan. I, my, my, uncle's, my uncle's cousin was born in San Francisco. No way. And, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I just – I bleed. I bleed Giants. So – my Giants, that team's good, man. They rake. They are going to get guys off the IL. You got Brandon Crawford having the best season of his career. Brandon Belt's going to be back soon. You got my boy, Evan Longoria, coming back. We've got Buster Posey hitting better than he's ever hit in his career. Uh, we've got Mike Yaskremski getting hot. Kevin Gossman is disgusting. They need maybe one arm. I think that would be a move. They need a center fielder for sure. Yeah. Starling Marte makes sense. I think if they trade the Marlins, trade him over. I think we could really use Starling Marte in center field. I and, love you said uh, we. <laughs> that I love would it. be really beneficial for the Giants. I would go reliever and, or back end starting pitcher and a center fielder. And I think we're legitimate World Series threats. Jack, we called San Francisco a fluke. Look how freaking well, we wrong did, we were. We like morons. Me. I mean, it's not over. It's not over. Over. But right see now, they did, did, the, did you see what they did? To, what we did to the Dodgers? <laughs> what we did we to did. the Dodgers. <laughs> um, yeah, and what sucks is you saddled me with the TikTok calling San Francisco a fluke. So whenever that shows up again, it's my face. It's my ass that's grass. So <laughs> I also said the Red Sox are a fluke on mine. So we're we're both in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, we're hanging out. Well, the uh, Red Sox are a fluke. The Red Sox are a fluke. <laughs> they will always be a fluke, no matter. I mean, yeah, well, we will get into that right now. I think that the Giants can go get the piece they need, whose name is Chris Bryant. I think they can go get him without sacrificing any of their top five prospects. I think they can do it for Pat Bailey and maybe a 20 to 30 guy, maybe two of them. One of my favorite players that nobody's ever heard of is Dubon. I think like he's so slick especially fielding he is such yeah. a good defender he's your classic boring shortstop but he is really good defensively he's uh, just so the guy that is most stuff. likely to be traded out of the giants farm system is joey bart and joey bart is going to get you chris bryan i think with one more piece attached to it that might be the deal that might be the deal then the cubs they bring in joey bart then they trade wilson Contreras, get a haul for other positions you slide joey bart straight into catcher and you get a nice little reinforcement of prospects there. That could be a move. 
I know there's there's a lot of teams that could use a catcher, a catching prospect like Joey Bart. There's a reason why they're making him available. I think that's the most likely guy to go. And they, they're not going to trade Marco Luciano, of course. No, Elliot no. Ramos, they're not even going to trade. So I, Joey Bart, I think, is out, and that can get them a myriad of impact big leaguers with the right complementary pieces. I think Joey Bart and Sean Jelly can get you Chris Bryant. Question for the both of you before we move on to the Dodgers. Just a one-word answer. Joey Bart or Patrick Bailey? I think Pat Bailey's better. Bart. Bailey and Bart. All right. I will break the tie. I'm going Joey Bart. Moving on to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are 60 and 40, sitting in second place, just a game and a half behind, or two games, something like that. A couple games behind the Giants at 60 and 40. I have them as obvious buyers. I mean, but they just don't need that much. They probably won't make that many big deals. I mean, maybe a starting pitcher. We don't know what's happening with Trevor Bauer. Dustin May is out for the year. They Their rotation now is Kershaw, Bueller, Gonsolin, Urias. Urias, and Price. And that's a good rotation, not a World Series rotation. Do they make a deal for an impact starter, or do you think they stand pat and say, you know what, let's just add maybe a little bit more to the bullpen, Let's wait for our guys to get healthy again and we'll see what happens because we're still the freaking Los Angeles Dodgers. I think that Josiah Gray will be a big deciding factor. I think they literally want to see him pitch one more time as he, I think he pitches tonight, right? Or he's pitching right now. He's pitching right now, I think, or or later tonight or whatever we're recording this. Yep. He has 19 whiffs in four innings. Uh, I I just looked it up. So what'd you say? 19 whiffs in four innings which is absurd. Uh, oh, what I, think, I think I think you said, uh, you said whiffs. I thought you said strikeouts. I was like, Oh yeah. They just, the catcher <laughs> missed that. all of them. And they just kept running to first. Yeah, now, like, the, so many but 19 whiffs, 19 whiffs is nuts. And I think I said this in the, and walked on MLB prospects. I said, Josiah Gray might be better than any arm that they'll be able to add at the deadline. After this start, I think that the Dodgers might say, Hey, we've got our guy here in Josiah maybe they just end up making a move for a corner outfielder or something like that instead for just some more depth. How, do you really want to lean on Zach McKinstry and, and Rex and, and all of those random dudes that they slide out there in, in the postseason? Maybe you go get a, a veteran utility type that could really help them. Uh, and I know they want a bullpen arm, so maybe you go get a bullpen arm, but I don't see them doing anything too crazy because Josiah Gray, I think, makes them say, maybe it's not worth paying a premium for starting pitching. So this is the stat line for Josiah Gray today against the Rockies at home. Five innings, four hits, two runs, three walks, four strikeouts, two home runs allowed, 106 pitches. Doesn't look get better. Could be better. I mean, his stuff is Second really start, good. second career. And he's also young. First career start, actually. First career start, his second outing. Yeah. I just, do you think they see that and they say, okay, we're good. Like, this is our six. I just think I, they like the I think Giants he and Padres it. are really good. And there's some other teams it. that are really good. Like they, this yeah. is not without Dustin May. And if we don't know what's happening with Trevor, if Trevor Bauer comes back and it. is Trevor Bauer again, I have no idea if it's going to happen. Both of you are shaking your head. I also sort of agree with that. But if he does, I hope he does. then you're fine. But if not, like that, you need, I mean, you got to add. Yeah. I, and know, assuming that he's not, right. I, I, I just, are we assuming he's not? Yes. yes, I think it's the safest assumption is that he's not. And 
I don't even know if the Dodgers want him back. I think there was a story in the LA times that several players don't even want him back. Uh, so at that point, I think you just keep, I know how good he is, but just keep the cancer out of the locker room. They won the world series without him. Yes. Or last year. Uh, I think they could do it again without him. Obviously much harder. He would make it a lot easier. He's a Cy Young winner, but at a certain point, there's some damage that's done by his presence as well. And I just don't know if it's worth it. The, I, I agree that they should go get an arm. I just wonder how much confidence they have in Josiah Gray. He, he could not have made it more difficult with like a kind of good, but not right. fantastic. That, that's why but I wanted I, to read that stat line. Cause I was like, that's right on the edge of, I think if you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't make it more difficult. But I think when you look at the whiffs, the only problem right now for him has been that he's sometimes leaving the fastball over the middle. And, and that's the only thing he's missing a little bit. And he's given up, I think, four home runs already. That's how all of his runs have been given up. I think he's going to get better. But again, are you willing to bet on a rookie to help you down the stretch? We've seen it done before by a playoff team, so it should be interesting. I think the Dodgers could realistically not make a single move and still feel comfortable with where they are. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Moving on to the third place San Diego Padres sitting at 58 and 44. They're going to buy... I have Joey Gallo and Kyle Gibson, the biggest trade, him going over to the Padres in exchange for Mackenzie Gore and other prospects. I think they need to add a starting pitcher uh, with Denilson Lamette and Ryan Weathers always dealing with injuries. Blake Snell has been inconsistent at best. You still have you Darvish. You still have a couple more guys. But is this a team that really needs to add a starting pitcher, Jack? I'm throwing it to you. My guess is they are going to add Joey Gallo. That's the team that's going to add Joey Gallo. I don't know if they add Kyle Gibson. It's hard because AJ Preller is very good at making massive moves. Like that's what he does. He's always the one that gets the headlines and he's going to get Joey Gallo. It's going to be the trade of the deadline. Does he go and get the pitcher? I don't know if you need a starting pitcher, to be honest. Weathers is good. Lamette is good when healthy. And then you've got Musgrove kicking ass and you've got Darvish, Snell, all these guys. And you've got Clevenger coming back next year. You don't need control of any pitcher. No. You can go get a rental, but go get Joey Gallo for that outfield. Yeah. I like the Gallo move. I think they're the most likely team to do it. It's just tough to see what they would be giving up here. You're not giving up CJ Abrams. I guess you could trade Camposano. You could trade Mackenzie Gore. Robert Hassel, those are all guys that you could potentially deal, and that would be enough. Any mixture, I think of those all guys. of them are too much for Gallo. Gore, Maybe not Campisano. Like Campisano. Hassel is going to be really good. It's, I mean, I I'm still on the Mackenzie Gore is going to be good train. That's a lot for just Gallo. Campisano is really good too. No, Campisano is good, but I just think that they could. Tr- I mean, they still have Austin Nola. Like they, I think, uh, yeah. It's tough. They don't have any in between. They've got phenomenal prospects at the top and then a big drop off because of all like, the would deals you trade? Would you trade Hassel or Campisano for? I'd trade Hassel for him. You would. And I love Hassel, but I think Hassel's ceiling isn't that high. I think his floor is incredibly high. I don't know how much power he's going to hit for. Uh, I think he's going to be more of that high average 15 home run type guy, which is really valuable and awesome. But if you're getting a Gallo with control, your, your team's pretty loaded right now. You got to be okay with giving up the Robert Hastels when you're pursuing a World Series. CJ Abrams and Luis Camposano are on a different level, in my opinion. Jack, would you trade any of those guys? Camposano, probably the only one. That you would? Uh, yeah, well, Gore, for sure. Like, 
Gore for Gallo, Gore and another like 20 to 30 guy for Joey Gallo, I think makes a lot of sense because yeah. it seems like too much. No, he, he's you don't really think so? struggling. I know, but that's it's like Mackenzie Gore. You got to give up something Mackenzie to go Gore. get Joey Gallo. That's just how the deadline works. Yeah, no, I know. Just it was like Mackenzie Gore. I do like Mackenzie Gore. So moving on to the fourth place Colorado Rockies. Not the worst record in the world. They're actually pretty good at home. It's just a way they're terrible. I have them as selling. Trevor Story and John Gray are going to be the first two names out of there. Daniel Bard, another reliever out of there. Gittens, another guy they could trade in that bullpen. Who else might they trade? And what's the package going to look like for Trevor Story, Mr. Armleyton? That's going to be fun to see what what the package looks like because the market's been slow to develop. He's a rental. But he's also the biggest name or one of the biggest names on the market. And he's the shortstop and he impacts the game in a lot of different ways. I think it's going to get them a top 100, most likely, or at least two guys that add up to that kind of quality. But you look at the teams that may, may try to get him. Uh, how many teams are really willing to, to pay a premium for three months of Trevor Story? I think that the, the list is kind of short. And I think you got to look system by system to see what kind of a return it would look like. I could see the the Rockies being more likely to take the kind of deal that is four pretty good prospects instead of one or two great ones. And I think teams would be more willing to do that. Jack, you're raising your hand. Jack's raising his hand. I have a trade to possibly announce. No way. For the Padres. Perfect timing, right? Ken Rosenthal at 653. Tuka Marcano and Jack Sawinski among players headed from Padres to the Pirates for Adam Frazier, possibly, if the deal is completed. Other guy going. So Sawinski is in double-A. Marcano, obviously, we know Tukapita Marcano. Third player going to the Pirates, Michelle Miliano, who is a current Fort Wayne tin cap, if the deal goes through. Miliano, oh, hard-throwing. Hard what? Hard-throwing hard right-hander. But Adam Frazier to the Padres, which... I, should we just turn this thing off and re-record? What? Why? That's what? a bad return. And also, why? Well, because Profar's been bad. <laughs> yeah, but they have Hasyong Kim and they have Cronenworth. And Kim, they have... Kim can't hit. I didn't. I guess if you're the you're a Padres guy, they needed a second baseman. I didn't think they needed a second baseman, but I guess I guess went... if you can do it, why not? You're AJ Preller, like you can do literally whatever you want. I guess they went and got a second baseman, and that gives you four elite third to third to second, right? Because you've got Tatis, you've got uh, Cronenworth, you've got Machado. Actually, they've got five. Now you got Frazier and Hassan Kim. Yeah, like that's a lot. But Frazier can play everywhere. He I can. He can play the th- corners. This this takes yes. Gallo out of the equation. Yep. Oh, I bet, I bet that's wow. No, no Joey Gallo to San Diego. I just put this together. No Gallo to San Diego. I yep. bet you're right. Was their big move? Yep, he's I already bet you're played, right. Frazier's he hasn't the played big a, move. Wow, he hasn't he hasn't played a ton of the outfield this year, but he's played plenty in the past in both corners. He can play all over. This is a team that reportedly, and it was Ken Rosenthal's report, was kicking the tires on Nelson Cruz playing second base. So I huh. promise, I promise they will be okay with Adam Frazier in a corner outfield spot. And they would rather do that. The return is light. I don't think Marcano is going to be anything special. Uh, the double-A guy that they get, uh, he's got 15 jacks. Like, he's, he's got some good. excitement. But 
Miliano yeah, is good, but Miliano throws hard. He's a project. I can talk about him now because he's not a four Wayne Tim cap anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Miliano is. Wait, good. so is this done? This is done? Uh, Passing Kylie McDaniel are, are on it. So Frazier is controlled by the San Diego Padres until 2022, the end of the 2022 season. So they get him for a year and a half. Wow. Look at that. They got their guy. All right, then. Let's move on to the last team in the NL West. The bottom dwellers, the Arizona Diamondbacks, 31 and 69. They're selling and they're selling big, I assume. Merrill Kelly, starting pitcher for them, probably gone. David Peralta, outfielder, probably gone. And the big question is, Cattell Marte going to get traded? I don't think that he is because I think he's the best player the Diamondbacks have had in a long time. So you've I would assume they would build around him, but arm looking into that farm system at 31 and 69, are they even close? No, 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 but the system is, is not bad. It's got a lot of good talent at the top. I'm a big fan of Corbin Carroll. I'm a big fan of Alec Thomas. Those two guys are going to be big league outfielders with, with a long and successful career. Uh, Christian Robinson's one of those boomer bust type of guys. They've got some interesting pitching prospects, but they need, they need to make that system. If they want to be good, they need to make that system top five. And the way you do that. And I agree. I, I could see them easily holding Marte. You trade Cattell Marte. That's a franchise altering return that you're going to get for Cattell Marte. You got not to screw do that it. up. You've got to do it. Screw it up. I think you do it. You, you get those impact impact prospects that you like that we were talking about trades proposals for Marte. Every proposal is just the biggest haul and it's what it's going to be with the control that he has. It's a super cheap contract. He can play all over. There's no team in baseball where you could say Marte doesn't fit in with them. And for that reason, I think he's going to get them a massive haul. You've got to trade him. And then from there, you sell off anything that anybody has any interest in. I think there's going to be teams that will, will, try to buy lower on a Merrill Kelly compared to some of the other pitchers on the market. There's some other big leaguers, maybe a Cole Calhoun gets dealt. Uh, I think that there could be some interest for him as I know he's been banged up, but a left-handed bat who plays plus defense out there, they've got some pieces that they could sell off and it'll be interesting to see what they get. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick on the Padres though, is that it could be part of maybe Cronenworth going to first because Hosmer sucks. Ah. They're not starting Hosmer against lefties ever. So I, I think that they might literally do that every time they face a lefty and just have Hosmer not play first. But I just had to say that. It's funny how they added a left-handed hitting second baseman because Hosmer can't, is that bad against lefties. Yes. Jack, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up, Peter? The Yankees said, we'll give you Dominguez and other pieces. Would the Diamondbacks listen for Cattell Marte? It's probably not going to happen. The Yankees already made their yeah. chance with Arizona trading for Tim McCastro. Yeah. But I'm just hypothetically. Yeah. J- Jason Dominguez came to me in my dreams last night and I just had a, a glass of water, you know, got up, you know, took a glass of water and, and he said, here, hold on. And he turned it into a Chardonnay. Like wow. I, he's, turning water, he's turning water into white wine. Like yeah. he's better than he's, he's better than the. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I would listen. Well, Aram, like, would you, do you think that's like something that could actually happen? Like, like turn me on a little bit. <laughs> turn me <laughs> on a little bit. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> do um, it, dude. Turn yeah, me all on. Right, all right, let me, let me turn <laughs> you on. So he's waiting uh, here. 
didn't think the first time I'd hear that would be from, from a dude. Um, but, <laughs> It'll happen again. Yeah, no, probably not. Um, but so <laughs> Dominguez, he's a good starting point, right? Like you're, you're getting an elite, elite prospect with as much upside as anybody. I think the second you say we're willing to trade Dominguez, the Diamondbacks are listening. Uh, you got to add more because they're going to want volume. Like could Dominguez uh, turn into Cattell Marte one day? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're, if, if Jason Dominguez became Cattell Marte, you would take that in two seconds. So that Cattell should Marte's be elite. That's what I'm saying. So that should be enough to say, okay, we start with that, and then I think you're going to have to add a Volpe and Davy Garcia. That would get That's it done. A I think. Lot. It's a oh lot. Oh my god. It's a lot. That's what I'm saying. They're going to get a freaking haul. A freaking haul. I think that might be a little bit of an overpay, but it's not going to be that much less than that. And to end the podcast. We've already got a mock trade. <laughs> I did another Yankee mock trade that I want to run by you guys. This goes into our AL, but this is the end of the podcast. The Yankees trade away Clark Schmidt and Luis Medina, two starting pitchers in their system. Anthony Volpe and Austin Wells, their first rounder. Anthony Volpe played at the same high school as Jack Leiter, really good shortstop prospect in their system. And the Yankees get in return – Byron Buxton from the Minnesota Twins, now that he has rejected a contract extension from the Twins, according to Ken Rosenthal. Jack McMullen, who says no? I think the Twins say <sighs> That's a lot. <clears throat> it's a lot. I don't know who says no. I think somebody says no. Gotcha. But yeah. It's a good one, right? That's right, a good that's trade. Good All right, what do you think? I didn't think it was a bad offer. I wanted to yell at you, and and it's when I offer. saw that one, and and I couldn't. I thought it was a pretty fair offer. Uh, I just don't. I just don't know if they want some of those older prospect types, like the Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt is the only older prospect in that deal. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I I, I think that is get a major a league offer. ready arm, sorta. I, I think if if the market wasn't crazy, you know, if there, if there wasn't a frenzy of offers that's that could be a deal that they would take well i think they should do it but thank <laughs> you everybody yeah <laughs> we will see you on tuesday jack and i are coming with what our top five managers deciding that right now oh, God. let's do top five managers so we'll see you on tuesday it's monday hopefully you're having a good start to your week and thank you so much everybody thank you everybody <laughs>